I'm really thankful for the uh, youthful emphasis at Christmas and I've had a lot of it in our service today from the wonderful presentation by uh, our young people. I, I've, you know, I've been amazed at what they can do with these skits and uh, how they present them. But uh, I realize that uh, Rob Ottaviano is a really good coach and appreciate appreciate the gift he uses with our young people and uh, childhood memory of uh, of Felita about how she was always tough and not vulnerable. I have some childhood memories about Christmas. Um, the Christmas story was big part of my life growing up, which was church-centered. And I remember the very words of Christmas and how they struck me, but I, I remember one phrase that, as a child, I, I, I heard it, but I didn't quite get it. I'm not sure why that's up there yet. And it was the words, sore afraid. The, the shepherds were sore afraid. As a little kid, I didn't know what that meant. I said, you're so afraid that you're sore? Where is it that you get sore? You know. Later on, I felt <laughs> some places where you get sore. But when Christmas cards came, uh, and here's a cartoon Christmas card, uh, the simplified story of Christmas uh, really struck me. There are those beautiful, kid-friendly figures of the angel and the shepherds and the sheep. And kids are literalists. I think they probably, in their minds, see it that, that way. And that's why, I guess, as a little kid, I, I was so bothered by that phrase, sore afraid. There's nothing in that picture that should make you sore afraid. Uh, later on, I learned the harsh truth that sheep aren't cute, that shepherds aren't nice guys, and that angels aren't fluffy, flying things. Sheep aren't cute. They're downright smelly, dirty, and stupid. There, I said it. And uh, angels aren't fluffy, flying things. In fact, most verbal descriptions in the Old Testament of angels are rather scary. They're fierce. They're often threatening or fulfilling God's judgment. And they're ready and able to destroy humans. Doesn't look like the angel in that picture. And shepherds aren't nice guys. They really uh, were kind of antisocial in that society. They were more comfortable with sheep and with people. And they were rough and tumble outdoorsmen. These shepherds, specifically, it says, were living in the fields in our New Testament text today. They weren't just people who went home at night and then went out and took care of the sheep. I mean, they went home, went out and took care of the sheep overnight. They lived in the fields. They camped up. They were kind of homeless, maybe. They were nomadic sheep herders. And uh, they were also, in their society, considered among the 
sinners. You know, there were the righteous and the sinners. Uh, and they kind of symbolized particularly what shepherds did that offended uh, the, the really upright people in society. They'd graze their sheep wherever they found grass. And it was somebody else's field. They were technically stealing. But who knew? Nobody wanted to mess with the shepherds, and they were glad they were antisocial because most of society was anti-shepherd. And these are the guys who were sore afraid. Now, that was the King James Bible. So I really was curious to see what our Pew Bible, the New Revised Standard Version, how th this would be put. So here's the text in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Well, that's a strong word. Well, it's just one word, sore afraid. That sounds more powerful because it's two words, you know, get you from this side and from that. The angel, the shepherds living in the fields, and it was the nighttime, which is the scariest time at all, of all. I can remember being afraid by shadows in the dark and then looking in the same location during the next day in daylight and said, how could I have been afraid of that? Well, that's what darkness does. And at nighttime, they were afraid because what showed before them was the glory of the Lord. And, and it says the glory of the Lord shone round about them. The glory of the Lord was a symbol of the presence of the Lord. That's a phrase used of God coming into the tabernacle when he said, I want to be among you in the days when he introduced himself to the Israelites after the exodus from Egypt. And then when they built the, the ta temple, the glory of the Lord was the presence of the Lord. And it was overwhelming. It overshadowed, and here it overshadowed the uh, shepherds who were terrified, sore afraid. Two words sound stronger than one, so I looked it up in the Greek. It's always scary to go to the original language. You've got to be prepared. Here's the Greek. Now, those letters I've changed from Greek letters to English letters to make them a little more understandable. But notice that in the Greek, it's three words. Even more powerful. And, and the first word has the, that phrase P-H-O-B in it. We get a lot of words from P-H-O-B. Phobia, this phobia, that phobia. And phobia means fear. And it means exaggerated fear. Because when someone has a phobia about something, we say they're more afraid than logic would tell you they should be. So this verb in the Greek, that first verb, has the word fear in it. And the second word also is the word fear. See it again? And then the last word is what? Mega. 
You got mega bucks, you mil, you, you've won that in the lottery, right? Mega is, is multiplied. So this is phobic fear multiplied. <laughs> or they feared with fear magnified. So the word <laughs> is really strong and to, to, to picture these rough, tough, scary outdoors men being scared silly. Just imagine what power they were feeling when they were surrounded with the glory of the Lord. Have you ever been afraid? Well, of course you have. But have you ever been sore afraid? I mean, with the kind of fear that comes as a surprise, you didn't know fear could be that great. And this kind of fear is the kind of fear a person may feel if you get a layoff notice when you're already behind in your rent. Or when you hear the word cancer in the doctor's test result analysis. Or when your wife says another man's name when she's saying goodnight. That kind of fear. That's one word fear, like terrified. Two word fear, like sore afraid. Or it's three word fear, like fear magnified fear. It, it feels kind of like this. You're, you're this little fish innocently swimming around looking for a meal when you realize you're about to be engulfed and there is no escape. We're going to continue reading the story after the shepherds felt that fear because the next verse, verse 10, begins with the word but. And but means there's a new factor, okay? But the angel said to them, do not be phobic. That's the word again. Do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, Lord. What is God's answer to the bad news that scared the liver out of the shepherds? It's good news. It's good news that's big enough to turn their frowns into smiles. And, and, and if we look again at the Greek, okay, I'm going to have fun with you now. Here's the Greek of the angels bringing good news of great joy. That first word, if you change the v, U to a V, as we do in English, you can see evangelize, right? That means to tell good news. That's where we get our word evangel, evangelize, evangel, all those words. U means good or beautiful or true. 
and the angel is a, a, a message. So it's the true message, the good tidings, the good news. And the angel is saying, I evangelize you, shepherds, with haran, that's joy. And again, there's that word mega. So what's the answer to mega fear? It's mega joy. And you have a one-word fear, a two-word fear, a three-word fear, but you got a four-word positive assurance from God. That four words in the Greek. The angel is saying, I am evangelizing you with good news. And that overwhelmed. Now, the joy that the angel is bringing is a powerful thing. Uh, have you ever really thought about joy and happiness? Sometimes we use the words interchangeably, but happiness is dependent on circumstances. And joy somehow is bigger than circumstances. It comes from inside. It can't, can't quite be rationally explained the way happiness can be. Well, here's um, good news of great joy. The angels are doing that for us. The angel is. He's, he's good news, great joying us. Kind of like this picture. That one. <laughs> My joy, the angel said, on behalf of the Lord, my joy is going to gobble up your fear. So that's what the Lord says to you when you have those overwhelming fears. The ones that you feel are going to tear you apart. My joy is bigger than your fear. Your fear is afraid of my joy. Going back to the scripture in Luke 2, beginning with verse 12. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. I want to say one word before we go further. In that message from the angel, it is to all people. Joy to all people. And it's interesting, I never looked at this before, but in the Greek, it's singular, not plural. It doesn't say joy to all peoples. It's not about evangelizing the world. It's about all people. It's all people within the people Israel. That is not just joy to the king, not just joy to the religious folk, but to the shepherds, to the common folk, to the beggars. It's all people. This will be a sign. You'll find the babe, child, wrapped in bands of cloth, lying in a manger, verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Now, we already got a four-word joy from one angel. Now we got a multitude echoing it. Is this joy big enough for your fear? Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, Peace among those whom he favors. That's what 
the revised standard says, King James says, uh, peace, how does it say it? Anyway. Anyway, you go read it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of debate about that phrase. And sometimes when you get a kind of a poetic statement, which this is, it's so packed with meaning that you have to find the layers beneath. But notice, glory to God in the highest heavens, the multitude say, and on earth peace. Some people have pointed out a parallel on Palm Sunday when the multitudes of disciples, actually the same word is used as here for the multitude of the heavenly host, when the multitude of the disciples uh, threw palm branches and made the way for the Lord, they said, glory to God in the highest and in heaven peace. So the angels are saying he brings peace on earth and the disciples were saying he brings peace in heaven. That's kind of interesting. He is the peacemaker. More megas on the joy, the multitude of the heavenly host, underlining, underlining how great the joy is that's coming with this baby. Well, the shepherds, because they were romantics, wanted a hallmark ending to this. That's the way it's pictured, I think. But no, these were hard-nosed people. And yet something had hit them between the eyes. And in verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. Notice the shepherds are mentioned again. Here are the shepherds, people who are nobodies in society, bringing good news to everybody they could talk to. And, and they were amazed that this was coming from the shepherds. And they were amazed at the message itself. They spread the joy words, the mega joy words, spread them to everybody they saw because it was good news to all the people. But Mary, verse 19, treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart, which is what we need to do. Because we are people who by God's grace are giving birth to faith. And we need to do a lot of pondering, a lot of treasuring, a lot of massaging, a lot of deep understanding of the words the Lord has given to us. We read a little later about how this came out in Mary's relationship with Jesus as his ministry emerged, but she was no fool and she was growing in grace. She was full of grace and growing in grace. But the shepherds in verse 20, 
returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This was, there were a lot of people around, a lot of people heard the message through the shepherds. And then they went back, they were still praising God. To whom? To each other, to the sheep. It was a lasting change in their lives. And yet, the whole story goes quiet for another 12 years till Jesus emerges in the temple. Another 30 years until Jesus begins his ministry. It's amazing how quiet those years were. Of course, a lot of creative people have tried to fill in the blanks, but those who are closest to him had no great miracle stories about things that happened in that time. But Mary knew something great had happened. And the shepherds knew and they were forever changed by it. So, sore afraid, terrified. What's the worst feeling you have right now? Your worst fear. Is it a fearful fear, a mega fear? And you try not to think of it and you put it away. Let me tell you, there's something bigger than your fear. Your worst fears are the arena for God's ferocious joy. And he's ready to swallow them up. And that is the Christmas story. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Speak to each one individually, individually, with love. The words of joy that will overcome all of our fears. In Jesus' name, amen. We meet in Altadena every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific, both in the sanctuary and on YouTube. Most other events will be starting up soon, but if you need prayer now, please reach out to us at altabapprayer@aol.com. And again, as always, we pray God's blessings on you this week.